What's up, y'all? This is your boy, King Known Uncensored. And I want to thank you guys for running up the numbers for me. I appreciate y'all. My TikTok followers, my Instagram followers, my Facebook followers, my Twitter followers. And I want to let you guys know that I have a specific business page for uh, this podcast. It's called King Known Uncensored on Instagram. I would like y'all to follow me on there to uh, get some more content, maybe some exclusives. Just continue. Oh, yeah, especially my YouTube people, man, on uh, King Known NBA and Music Talk on YouTube. Just wanted to uh, send a special thank you out to you guys before we got this shit going. So I appreciate y'all. Again, it's your boy King Known Uncensored. I'm here to drop another hot episode. This is the top 25 RB albums that I heard in 2022. But first, <laughs> you know we have to start with this, right? <laughs> so, it is gonna a rat. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Did he turn his back on Young Thug and YSL? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Did Gunna say that Freddie Gibbs was telling fibs? Yes, ma'am. 
heard they snitching on a player, man. Say it ain't so. Damn, Gunner. At first, you know, I don't know if y'all heard it, if y'all been under a rock, but basically Gunner was released from jail, right? Well, it was interesting because um, he took a plea deal, right? And when he took the plea deal, you know, he had a year served, and he was supposed to do for years. But those four years ended up disappearing and turning into 500 hours of community service. And obviously, if you heard the intro, this dude turned his back on Thugga Thugga, the man that gave him an opportunity. Damn, Hammy. Damn, dog. I mean, Young Thug's sister was crushed. And she said that Young Thug was crushed once he found out what exactly happened. Here's my thing. Like, bro. He could have said his statement differently. And I still don't think that he would have did any hard time if he was doing any time at all. If he would have said something to the degree of, I acknowledged YSL as a record label, but I was unaware that they were involved in any gang activity and I was unaware that the people that were employed under YSL were criminals that have committed various crimes. There is a way to do that. But, however, I felt like he had to say that statement the way that he said it so that he wouldn't do any time. But at the same time, within the process, he denounced YSL and said that the gang activity must stop. Knowing, obviously, what type nigga that Young Thug is. I'm going to tell it to you like this. Young Thug is fucking through. He is fucked. Like, he is lucky if he does single digits. At the lowest, that nigga is probably going to do five years, five and a half years at the lowest. Or, or check this out. Or, right, he's probably going to end up doing a 30 piece. It's in between five and 30 years, I see. He'd be lucky if he got single digits. He'd be lucky if he got football numbers. Because this is a RICO case. You know, they're saying that Young Thug was involved in a lot of criminal activity, including sending hits on motherfuckers. But, in Gunna's defense, to play devil's advocate... Gunna never glamorized gangsta lifestyle in his music. I mean, every rapper talks about shooting or killing somebody, right? But he didn't do that excessively. Gunna is more of a fly guy. He's a swag rapper. He talked about money, cars, clothes, and bitches most of the time. He didn't necessarily glamorize gangsta lifestyle or bragged about bodies he caught on records like that. His most popular record is called Drip Too Hard. That's flash shit. Like, Gunna was never a gangster. He is a rapper that is an American citizen. So if he wasn't involved and didn't do anything and wasn't involved in the gang activity, he had to put it out there that he wasn't. Now him saying that uh, um, the stuff that was in the car that when they got caught wasn't his, he should have just pleaded the fifth if he was loyal to Thugger. But obviously, 
he decided to choose himself. Which is fine. I don't have a problem with him doing that. But by the standards and by the numbers, he ratted. He snitched. He told. Now let's move on to Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion mess. Oh, Lord. This court case is revealing a whole lot of things. Basically, they were talking about Kelsey and Meg like they were running through niggas like Magic and Kareem and Kobe and Shaq running gun like the, the 2009 Phoenix Suns. Or 2008 Phoenix Suns, I should say. Basically, both of their body counts got revealed and they were basically sleeping with the same men. But from my standpoint, Kelsey got with Tori first. Meg slept with Tori behind her back. That is wild. I mean, hey, man, you know, Megan, you know, has a reputation for being a wild drunk. And I think that was a heavy contributor that night of that incident. Because Kelsey ended up finding out that Meg and Tori slept together on that night. And there was an argument in the car. And a confrontation ensued. Because, I mean, Megan wanted to obviously leave that party. Tory Lanez was not ready to leave as he was flirting with everybody. But here's the thing, though. Megan and Tory never went public with their relationship. But I guess during a dark time in Megan's life, you know, she had just lost her mother. Tori lost his mother. And they bonded over that. And that's how their relationship got closer. And that's when things got physical between them. But this court case has a lot of holes in it. Like, for real. I mean... Here's the thing. Megan Thee Stallion was shot. That was a fact. She was shot. But the question is, by who? Because gunpowder residue was found on both of their hands. What was it exactly? Did Kelsey try to stop Tori from shooting Meg? And Tori ended up shooting Meg? Or did Kelsey grabbed the gun trying to shoot Meg and did Tori try to intervene and stop her from doing it but it was too late or was it an accident was there a struggle over the gun and the gun accidentally went off hitting her was Kelsey trying to shoot Tori or vice versa and they were struggling over the gun and Mega got shot that way. I think those are the scenarios that I'm going to go with here. It was either an accident or Kelsey tried to shoot her intentionally. I honestly think that Kelsey is the shooter. I don't think Tori's the shooter. In my opinion. But however... Alcohol is involved. All three of them were drunk. All three of them were confrontational. And Megan Thee Stallion was saying some wild shit about Tori in that car. I'm not ruling Tori completely out as the shooter, but I think it was Kelsey that shot her. Because, you know, Kelsey got immunity. She got immunity, so she could have went on the stand and told the truth. But, you know, she was being really uncooperative and loopy with the jury. As I said, this whole entire court case is a mess. And I think, honestly, this shit should be thrown out. Because we don't know what really happened. We're not going to know. The only people that knew what happened is Tori, Megan, and Kelsey. We don't know what truly happened. I think that Kelsey was trying to shoot Megan and Tori intervened and tried to get the gun out of her hand. And then the gun went off and the bullets hit Megan. 
Megan is claiming that Tory Lanez stood over top of the car, shot at her feet, and said, dance, bitch. Now, I mean, that's kind of weird that someone would do that. I don't believe that. But then again, Tori is from Canada, you know. Canada niggas is different. <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on. Stephen Curry is out at least two weeks, maybe more, with a shoulder injury that he sustained last night against the Indiana Pacers. Um, the injury looked a lot worse on camera than it turned out to be. So hopefully Stephen Curry comes back in time because the Warriors are currently without Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Steph Curry right now. And they are two games under 500. They're, you know, last time I checked, they were 11 and 13. And a Stephen Curry injury is the last thing that they need right now. Especially like with, you know, Curry had 38 points prior to that injury. Like he had been having a hell of a season despite the team's lack of success. And speaking of the Warriors, the NBA, an NBA executive expects the Golden State Warriors to try to trade Jonathan Kaminga or James Wiseman. I'm telling you now, Golden State, do not trade Jonathan Kaminga. If you're going to trade Wiseman and he doesn't fit your system, and you tried to fit him into your system, and it didn't necessarily work, what you should do is try to get something for Wiseman. I'm thinking that, you know, since Jakob Pertl is a player of interest that they're interested in, I, a James Wiseman and maybe another player for Jakob Pertl and maybe a pick. I'm a motherfucking monster. So, I think that Wiseman should be the person that they trade, even though me personally feel like both guys could be a part of the Warriors' future. And I think they should be patient with the kid. They should take the same thing that Detroit did with Killian Hayes and put it on to Weissman. Pause that. Oh, man. Last one. Last story before we get to this uh, top 25 R&B albums of 2022. The Grizzlies blew out the Bucks today. Something vicious, evil. They got their ass handed to them. One forty-two to one oh one. Like even Giannis played. And they were just playing with these guys. Like, seriously, Giannis only had 19 points in 26 minutes. He played the most minutes out of anybody. I mean, John Morant posted a triple-double of 25, 10, and 10. Like, this dude is definitely another guy that's in the MVP race. I mean, look at this. Eight niggas in double figures. You got Brandon Clark with 12 points. Titus Jones with 16 points. Zaire Williams with 11 points. David Roddy with 15 points. This was a breakout game for him. Santi Aldama, 14 points. Dylan Brooks, 18 points. Um, Steven Adams, 10 points. Wow. But look no further. The... the Memphis Grizzlies are at the top of the Western Conference right now. Quietly, they have won seven straight games. Is this the is this Memphis's year? And they're doing this without their second best player in Desmond Bay. Can you imagine imagine when he comes back? But I still feel like Memphis needs one more guy. And that guy could be Kyle Kuzma. Despite other teams looking into him, I mean, Memphis is another team that could use Kyle Kuzma's services. And that's another guy that could get you 20. 
Yes, you may have to give up a couple of young players in a pick, but it'll be worth it. I think Memphis has the talent to win the championship and the core and the chemistry to win the championship, but they got to get it done. Now, let's move on to this top 25 list. Top 25 R&B albums that I heard in 2022. Spoiler alert, SZA will not be included on this list. I'm trying to tell y'all. So don't get mad at me. She will be on next year's list, believe me. Don't be surprised if SZA is number one on that list. If she were to make this list, right? SZA would be number three on the list. If SZA were to make this list with her album SOS, she would be ranked number three overall on this list. But let's get to it, man. Number 25. This guy is on his way to being a household name. And he has a very unique style and a very unique sound. And you can just tell by every one of his songs, he has that West Coast bounce with a little bit of funk and decent music over it. Number 25, Blast Before You Go. Now... I mean, this album didn't blow me the fuck away. I think his first project, uh, Before You Go, this was actually his debut album. His mixtape that he put out in 2020, I think it was better than this. But however... I definitely enjoyed the Sky Lounge music intro about you. I definitely enjoyed Pick Your Poison, Still On My Way, Sometimes With Sakari, Every Good Girl, Talk To Me Nicely, and Be For Real. Like this project from top to bottom is pretty solid. It's just, it just didn't wow me enough. Like like No Love Lost did. Number 24. I mean, this guy continuously puts out mounds and mounds of music. I mean, he is already a cultural icon. He's already a great figure in the R&B community and in the pop community. Number 24, Chris Brown, Breezy. I mean, this in the deluxe edition was amazing, man. I mean... I mean, this is a good album. It's not a great album. It's not Chris Brown's best work. It's not. It's not his best album to me. It had a bunch of bangers on here. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Until the Wheels Fall Off with Capella Gray and Lil Durk was dope. Um, Possessive. Possessive was fired. Um, Addicted with Lil Baby was dope. Closure with her was was, was dope. Psychic with Jack Harlow. Mm, with ESTG. Warm Embrace. I called Warm Embrace one of the best songs of 2022. It's definitely like Chris Brown in his R&B bag. Forbidden was dope. Very entertaining. Love that record. Um, on some new shit, luckiest man and iffy fire bath in the beach with Tory Lanes, dope. I mean, the, uh, even the bonus album, inner peace with Anderson Packers, dope. Hate being human, like this album was fire. It's just that, you know, it came out in a year where everybody dropped their best music. Number 23. This kid came on the scene on one of the biggest hits of 2022, alongside Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, Wick Ross, and DJ Khaled. Number 23, Friday, Lost in Melody EP. 
the debut project by Friday was very interesting. It was kind of sad. Don't get me wrong. It, it has like it's kind of depressing, low key. I'm not gonna front. I mean, from blessings that was dope, God sent with Bori, empty stomach, don't give up on me is incredible. Know the truth was solid, but come through. This was the gem of this EP. You know, Mama was okay, but um, yeah, man, this EP was dope. But come through should be a big hit. That should be a hit, hands down. Number twenty-two, Tanache Nache EP. Like, I spoke on this on the Top 100 Albums. I'll speak on it again. This four-pack of leftover records that her and Hitmaker did was dope as hell. I mean, I'm a big Tanache fan. And this was what we needed to make up for some of the shortcomings of her previous album, 333, which I declared last year as a disappointment of sorts. Everything from Rip to Pay Me to Fashion over to What's the Name? Fire. Great four track EP. Number 21. I mean, this isn't necessarily technically an RB artist, but she there are RB elements all in this album here. Technically, she does Afrobeat, but she's singing, so it counts as RB to me. Alright? Number 21, Shinsia Alpha. Shinsia had some bang girls on Alpha. I mean, Target with Tiger was good. I mean, Are You That with 21 Savage? I felt like that should have been bigger. I think Lick with, with Megan Thee Stallion, I think that should have been a bigger record. Bouncy with Offset should have been big. Hinkle Glue with Beanie Man was fire. Lying If I Call It Love should be a big hit. Shin X Anthem was dope. Less with Tiger was dope. She had two Tiger appearances. Yeah, I think Alpha was definitely a fun listen. For sure. Number 20. Yeah, she has been through a whole lot. And this project was pretty solid from top to bottom. Number 20. Kaylani Blue Water Road. Now, Blue Water Road contains some of a couple of Kaylani's best songs. And and a couple of those songs made my top 100 list. Blue Water Road was a vibe of its own. I mean, any given Sunday with Blast, Shooter Interlude was fire. Wish I never keep trying to tell y'all, man. That's a hit hit. That is out of there. Up at Night with Justin Bieber. Don't even like Justin Bieber. But that record was one of the best songs of 2022. Get me started with Sid. Everything was crazy. Wondering and Wandering. Incredible record. Number 19. Although some of the songs on this album was corny, this was still a pretty solid project. Number 19, John Legend, Legend. Um, John Legend has a pretty decent discography. I'm gonna be honest, I haven't heard a bad project from him. And this one took no exceptions. I mean, rounds with Rick Ross was dope. Dope with Jid was fire. Splash with Janae Aiko and Ty Dolla Sign was one of the best moments of the album. All She Wanna Do with Sweetie was cool. Love with Jasmine Sullivan was dope. Honey with Mooney Long was solid. Good with Lettucey was 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 great. 
like I said, the only flaw with this album was some of these songs were super corny. Number 18. I know, I know, Afrobeat artist. I know, I know, I know. But I don't give a fuck. It deserves to make the R&B list because some of the elements on this album are definitely R&B. Number 18, Liz Kid, More Love, Less Ego. This is a pretty cool album. I can't complain. I kind of like almost all of these songs. Like from Special with Don Tolliver, my personal favorite, Frames, Who's Gonna Know, um, Wow with Skepta, and Nayara Marley, Slip and Slide with Shinsia and Skillabang. Bad to me was dope. Every day was cool. Like, I definitely enjoyed More Love, Less Ego. Number 17. Although on some of the songs he played the background, he decided to link up with some of the best females that's doing music right now and to update his sound. And after what? What year is this? This is 2022. After pretty much almost doing music for almost 40 years, this guy's sound sounds still the same, still as polished. Number 17, Babyface Girls Night Out. Now, Girls Night Out, this album was in, was incredible, man. Top to bottom. I'm trying to prove to y'all that R&B is not dead. And if I can find 25 R&B albums that you should check out, yeah, Diddy, take that, take that, take that. R&B is not dead, motherfucker. But Girls Night Out was dope as hell, man, from Babyface. I mean, Liquor with Ari Lennox. Uh, Keeps on Falling with LMA, which was the, the lead single. Game Over with Queen Najee. I'm not even a fan of Queen Najee like that, but that record was dope as hell. Simple with Coco Jones. Whatever with, with Tink. The Recipe with Mooney Long. I mean, the G-Wagon with Seven Streeter and, and Takei Maidza. Babyface put out one of the doper R&B albums of 2022. R&B is not dead. Number 16. When are you going to stop with these fucking Afrobeat artists? I thought I told you that we won't stop. I thought I told you that we won't stop. Number 16 on this list. Burner Boy Love Damani. Yo, this, this kind of uh, caught me off guard. But then again, I did listen to uh, Twice as Tall. I was a little bit late to the Burner Boy party, but I'm all caught up. I mean, I definitely fuck with a lot of these songs on here. Like uh, Kila Beatry, Whiskey, Lost Lost. Oh, man. I'm glad that turned out to be a hit because I knew that was a hit record when I heard it. And I'm glad it caught on. Solid with Blast and Kehlani was dope. Vanilla. Wild Dreams with Khalid. Um, it's plenty. Like, this album was pretty damn good. I can't hold you. Oh, and Glory. Oh, it, was a, it was a song on here that was crazy, though. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Ah, because he was going so fucking hard. I think it was Glory. And I know. Where he was just going hard on there, boy, with the bars and the rapping. Well, well, whatever the fuck he was doing, let me just say that. I don't think it was rapping, but I think it was just what he was saying on there. That was dope. Number 15. I mean, you know, it was, it was some pressure, but I feel like she did not meet the sophomore slump. And this was a dope follow-up to her debut. Number 15, LMA, Heart on My Sleeve. LMA put together a great collection of songs. I mean, obviously, Heart on My Sleeve. I mean, from Don't Fuck Me Up.
to uh, How with Roddy Rich, Didn't Say with Lotto, Not Another Love Song was incredible. Feels Like, I think that was my favorite song for sure. A Mess with Lucky Day, that was a pretty good um, duet. Power of a Woman was cool. Definitely um, enjoy uh, Heart of My Sleeve. Number 14. Y'all gonna get mad, but guess what? I do not give a fuck. Number 14, Beyonce Renaissance. I mean, Renaissance wasn't a bad album, though. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm that girl out of here. I feel like Alien Superstar. I still feel like Alien Superstar is hella overrated. Cuff It, though, is not. Cuff It's a great song. Energy with Bean. That that song got me to listen to Bean, to, to entertain Bean's debut project, which was pretty good. That showed how talented he was, especially if Beyonce was linking with him. Break My Soul, that's another song that's cool, but it was just overrated to me. Church Girl, I feel like that should have been the hit off this album by far. And Plastic Off the Sofa, Virgo's Groove, I was definitely jamming to that. Thick. Out of there. Pure honey. Out of there. All up in your mind. Out of here. I mean, Renaissance was a very good album by Beyonce. Is it a classic, though? I'm going to have to say no. But is it a very decent project and a, a great addition to her body of work? Yes. Number 13. This dude had a lot of scrutiny over the years, man. You know, he portrayed himself as this gentleman of R&B, but this nigga be fucking with three, four girls at once. And what an album to make to kind of delve deep into those topics. Number 13, Neo Self-Explanatory. Self-Explanatory has some dope joints. I mean, Laying Low was solid, even though they were biting blast on here as far as the style of the track goes. You Got the Body was dope. After Party was dope. You the Love, man. Very great single. Um... What song was this? I think it was called Don't Love Me. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, I'm wrong. It's called Call Me Up. Call Me Up is the song in question where Neo kind of flaunts his lifestyle. They say art imitates life. Stay Down With Young Blue. That was probably the standout song of this project. Proud of you was dope too. Number 12. She linked back up with producer Hitmaker for this brand new project. Number 12. Tink Pillow Talk. This was a great set of songs. I'm not going to front. Going Bad was out of there. Goofy. Oh, man. Dope-ass song that Rico Love wrote. Man. Goofy was dope. Cater with Tinka 2 Chains. Basically, a Cater to You cover. Throwback, where Tink talks about all the throwback artists that she listens to. Love it. 25 Reasons Interlude should have been a full song. Not gonna lie. Come see me with Tussie Fire. Ooh, Tricolor Fat Fire. Balance was dope. News with Tink and Russ was dope. Come in too. Oh my god. Yeah, Pillow Talk was a really good album. Number 11. Now, this is real RB. These two dudes are fucking dope to me. 
And I feel like they're underrated as far as not only R&B, but R&B groups. Number 11, Division Working On My Karma. I ain't gonna lie. Every one of these songs is incredible. From top to bottom. I like this whole album. From last time to bring it. If I get caught, stay faithful. What's up with Jagged Edge? Take it slow. Daniel's interlude. Tired. Get even. Policy. Hating. Like, this whole project, I enjoy from top to bottom. This is an underrated R&B group. I think they're sounding, I think they're still sounding Drake. Yeah, they're called Division. DVSN. Number 10. Man. These dudes continue to be timeless. And it seems like they have a hit album or a hit song or just hits or albums in every decade since the fucking 50s, yo. These guys came out in 1959 and in 2022 still making music. Number 10, the Isley Brothers Make Me Say It Again, girl. I mean, the remake of Make Me Say It Again, Girl with Beyonce was incredible. Long Voyage Home, Vintage Ron Isley, The Plug with 2 Chains. I love how Ron Isley puts himself in the current pocket. I mean, from Sexy Face to My Love Song, Great Escape with Trey Songs was dope. Keys to My Mind with Quavo and the Late Great Takeoff. There Will Never Be of the Remake with El DeBarge. Incredible. Consolidate, Fire, Friends and Family with Snoop Dogg, Vintage Ron Isley. Oh, man. And then my personal favorite, Biggest Bosses with Rick Ross. Some of the richest niggas that you ever seen. Some of the richest niggas that you ever heard. Yo, man. Once I get tired of Must Be the Money by... Deion Sanders being my fucking alarm. I'm going to change my alarm to that. Some of the richest niggas that you ever see. <laughs> Shout out to Ron Isley. More life for Ron Isley. Number nine. Niggas going to say this is a pop album. Man, listen. Number 10, I mean, number 9, The Weeknd, Don FM. Now, a lot of people criticized this album when it came out and, and just called it the fall off of The Weeknd. Like, I don't hear enough people talking about this album. In my opinion, this was a pretty good pop album. Not gonna hold you. I mean, How Do I Make You Love Me is one of my favorites for sure. Take My Breath was an incredible song, Out of Time. Here we go again with Tyler, the creator. Is there someone else? I heard you're married with Lil Wayne. Dawn FM may not measure up to Starboy or, or Beauty Behind the Madness. Or the trilogy or the other mixtapes. But The Weeknd doesn't ha- I mean, maybe Kissland was probably his weakest offering. But outside of that, there's no weak albums in that catalog. Number eight. She literally had to make an album to profit from pain as she's been doing so since 1992. She had to do this album and this tour to pay alimony. Number eight, Mary J. Blige, Good Morning Gorgeous. Man, I understand exactly why Mary had that breakdown during during the show that I went to. But fuck that shit. Let's get to the music. Um, I love Here With Me with Anderson Pack. Rent Money with Dave East was just a real-life delve into Mary J. Blige's personal life as she's been giving us 
for 20 for 30 years. Gone forever with DJ Khaled and Remy Ma. Fire. Amazing with DJ Khaled is among one of my favorites on here. I love the vibe and the energy of that song. Good Morning Gorgeous, the title track, Grammy, the Grammy nominated. Good Morning Gorgeous. Just an incredible song about self-love. Come and see about me. I like the version with Fabulous the best. On top with Fabio Foreign, that is one of the drill songs that I accept. I hate drill, but I love this song. It basically puts a drill set, a drill sound on uh, Who Run It by 3 Six Mafia sample. Tough Love with Money Bag Yo was dope. I'm surprised that Money Bag Yo could get into that pocket. He uh, he surprised me for sure. Need Love with Usher, dope. Good Morning Gorgeous remix with her. The Rent Money remix with Griselda and Jadakiss was incredible. Definitely the standout out of, uh, out of the Good Morning Gorgeous the deluxe edition. Number seven, Jasmine Sullivan Hotels, Motels, the EP. Now, I know this is a deluxe edition of Hotels, but the songs that were included on the bonus version, I definitely enjoy. I mean, Best Pussy in the World was fire. Roster was dope. Hurt Me So Good. Vintage Jasmine Sullivan. I definitely enjoyed that shit. All the songs on the EP, on, on the bonus edition of Hotels, was fire. Number six, Ari Lennox Away Message EP. This was pretty much like a teaser for the album as one of the songs on Away Message was included on her album. But Queen Space... The song that I mentioned that was on the uh, actual album, Age, Sex, and Location. Tatted was dope. I love Tatted. Gummy was dope. No Sedley was dope. Bitter was cool. Definitely enjoyed this little five-track EP from Ari Lennox. Number five. Joyce Rice Motive EP. Man. Motive is fire. All five of these records were cool. I mean, Joyce Rice makes really good music. I mean, Ice T with her and K Tranda. Spit. Looking for you. Bittersweet goodbyes. Pace yourself. This five-track offering was one of the more better R&B releases of 2022. Number four. Mooney Long Public Displays of Affection, the album. I love Mooney Long. I love her voice. I love her music. I love the fact that she rebranded herself and made herself into a household name overnight. I mean, from Cartier to Crack to Ain't Easy to Hours and Hours to Plot Twist the Time Machine to No R&B to my personal favorite, No Signal, and then Baby Boo with Sweetie. This is a pretty cool project from top to bottom. Number three, Lucky Day Candy Drink. Man, pause that. But Candy Drip, man, is definitely one of the better R&B projects of 2022. From top to bottom, it was an easy listen. I mean, 
God Body with Smino was dope. Feels Like was fire. NWA. Guess was great. Title track was dope. Over with the music. Soul Child sample. Fucking sound. Used to be was dope. Cherry Forest was just that pure R&B. Like, Lucky Day really had him one with this one. Number two, Sid, Broken Hearts Club. Broken Hearts Club was a well-put-together album from start to finish. I mean, I'm a big, huge Sid fan. Big Sid and the internet fan. So I appreciated this body of work from her. And this is arguably her best work. Could you break a heart with Lucky Day? Incredible. Fast Car with those right track with Smino. Definitely a very catchy, dope record. Control, incredible. Out Loud with Kehlani. Break my heart, why don't you? Fire missing out was dope as fuck. Heartfelt freestyle was cool. Definitely enjoy Broken Hearts Club. Now, number one, you should already know it's Ari Linux, age, sex, and location. Like, Ari Linux definitely bought her bag of tricks to this album. I mean, from pressure to hoodie. To P.O.F. I mean, the concept of the album definitely, like, is today. It's relatable. Boy, Bye was dope. Outside was fire. Block It was dope. Leak It was Chloe. Like, this is a well-rounded, well-thought-about, great-strategized project. Now, that's my show. It's Keynote Uncensored. Top 25 R&B albums of 2022. And I'm going.